This is Bob Bald from Fu Manchu, and you're watching Aftershock TV. All right, so Tom, news now. Of course, we we know about Kerry King, but mm-hmm. we got a lot of other stuff that's going on too. Why don't you go ahead and uh, give us what you got to, uh, this week? Yeah, what what did we what are we going to jump into, Matt? Sorry, I've got my notes here. We're talking about um, Kerry King. Shanker. We had Shanker. Yes, thank you, sir. Um, yeah, so Michael Shanker. I'm a uh, uh, two two things on him. First of all, we get to the second part because that's where the meat and potatoes is. I think is that. Shanker releasing our Michael Shanker group. Michael Shanker, he goes by so many different monikers, mm-hmm. um, is re-releasing the first four albums, which I think are fantastic. First album, second album, fourth is a built to destroy. He's a little bit keyboardy. I think that was released in '83. But you know, re-release on Shanker. Uh, I'm a big fan. He, he this is another musician that really lost his way. He came out with four classic albums. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously uh, the first two with Gary Barden, then Graham Bonnet jumped on. Uh, I think. Did they, Graham Bonnet take his dick out in stage or something and got fired or something like that? Something crazy like oh, that. Oh, I'm not sure. I, I think know. he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think that's what happened. And then he lost the gig, and then Gary Barden came back for Built to Destroy in 82, 83. But Assault Attack, for me, is probably one of the best albums of the entire 80s. Uh, mm-hmm. With um, uh, Literally, if you, anyone goes back, if you just maybe sometimes you forget about an album, you have to go back on it. It's a tremendous, tremendous album. Just... Mm-hmm. just MSG Scorpions roll into one, but one of the things I, I, I the the reissue is coming out in the next couple of weeks. It's like a six CD box set, rarities, live live stuff, and remaster the usual works. But so I'm looking okay. forward to that. I'm a big big fan of those first four. But one of the questions that we were discussing, Matt, is is Michael Schenker an overrated or an underrated guitar player? Because you're going to see two different schools of thought on this one. I think. Yeah, you know that's a really good question. You know. I, I mean, when I th- when I think of Schenker, you know, obviously, he's the guy that every rock and metal guitarist obviously loves and idolizes, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Kirk Hammett, you know, all these yep. guitarists just mm-hmm. idolize Michael Schenker, and for good reason, obviously, right? Um, amazing guitarist. I-, I I would I would lean towards he's underrated, you know, and and I think one of the reasons he is underrated is because he never got huge here in the States as a solo artist. Mm. You know, I mean, I, I'm, like I guess I know he's big and obviously he's huge in Europe. But he, yes. he, he really didn't, obviously, you know, even UFO, you know, they're a big band still in the States, but not as big as they were overseas nope. in Europe. Scorpions, obviously. Now, remember, too, right? Yeah, of course, you know, when the Scorpions, they weren't big here until the 80s in the States. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You know, when Rocky like a hurricane, and he wasn't obviously with them at that point. Um, nope. So I I think a lot w- with him. What I like, what I remember my, my first term he, time hearing Michael Shanker was the, the album, the one he did with Robin McCauley, on and on. Right? Is that yeah. Robin McCauley on that one? Yeah. Yeah. You, um, yeah. Uh, two albums he released with McCauley. Yeah, no, two, three right? albums actually. Three albums with McCauley. Oh wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, on and on was like to me. I think one of the bigger hits. I remember my dad, you know, had it on his cassette tape. You know, one of his mixtapes or something. And so that's how I started hearing about Shanker. Um, but I didn't, you know, I didn't hear him on the radio much. I mean, I was, you know, mm. eight years old, but I was listening to a lot of music still at that age. But yeah, he just wasn't really uh, that big here uh, in the States, unless you were a person who followed, you know, uh, metal to the teeth. You know, if you got imports and you followed all the overseas stuff, but he didn't really get on the radio. He, was not, he wasn't on MTV, really. So I think because of that, 
that's why I think he's underrated because because especially with the '80s, you know, once MTV, as you know, came out, that's how everyone was discovering rock and metal. I mean, yeah, it, it, it was obviously record clubs and stuff like that. They had two and all these, you know, Columbia House, all these things. But <clears throat> yeah, but Shanker was wasn't just he wasn't he wasn't really a huge part of anything we were seeing on MTV or on the radio or anything. So I think. That's why I think he's underrated, just because here in the states, it's like Thin Lizzy, right? Like, I mean, not not to go backtrack on them, but they're another band that didn't have a huge impact in the states, yet they're enormous in Europe. Yeah. And same thing, people here might think like, yeah, they're really underrated. It's like, well, no, it's just because they didn't get over, they just didn't break here like a lot of the other bands did. Obviously, once MTV came out and you had all the hair metal, anything that was musically proficient like that, a like Shanker and and you know a Thin Lizzy, whatever. It was, you know, and they were a little bit older. No, we had to go to new, and then they just they didn't focus on them. You had yeah. to do, you, you had to be like White Snake, W. Coverdale, and fit in and dress the part and move to Sunset Strip. And and Michael Schenker wasn't that kind of guy. He's kind of like an introverted guy. He's not a real like a guy who's out there to want attention. He just is. He's your, I think, your quintessential artist, Michael Schenker. He's all about just him create music. He even said he doesn't even listen to music. He's your he's your non your classic non music fan musician is is Michael Schenker. He doesn't listen yeah. to anything. I'm trying to get this fucking light right. Hang on, okay. <laughs> the light doesn't went off. My phone's too bright, but whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah but leave it in. It's 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 it's, it's fun. It's okay. But I I think I, I'm in your camp that he is underrated underrated um, because. If you just look at his body of work, uh, and I think he was all sorry on his body of work, what he did with with UFO, you know, Strangers in the Night, the live album, um, his contribution to Scorpions, his solo stuff, his his recent solo stuff, kind of his resurgence again, and he yeah. always had a huge presence in Japan. He was selling a Budokan when he couldn't sell yeah. out three seats in a club over here. So I think his body of work, I think as a musician, he's un underrated. Is he a, like a Paul Gilbert and a, a you know? A, um, Zach Wilde, no, he's, he's probably arguably not as good as those guys, but I don't, he never wanted to be. And he always seemed to walk away just as bands were getting big. UFO, yeah, were, too. UFO were never going to yeah. get huge. And then like Scorpions just about to make it, boom, I'm out of here. And he did the same, um, you know, on his, on his solo stuff. I think, he, I think if I'm not mistaken, he was asked to join Ozzy um, after Randy Rose and he said no to that. So he never mm. quite wanted the ultimate spotlight. He just wanted no. to get up and play. And I saw him in New York on uh, his recent go around um, mm. with um, Shankerfest Schen and uh, Gary Barden was there. And Gary Barden on the first couple of albums is fantastic. He hasn't a note left in his head, unfortunately. But um, uh, Macaulay uh, was there. He sings like a bird, um, fellow Irishman. So tremendous singer. Um, uh, Graham Bonnet was there. Uh, Doogie White was there. Uh, that was and that was. I can't remember. I could be. I don't know. Whatever club in, in New York, I, I genuinely can't remember. Maybe the Sony Center. Um, but wherever it was, it was um, it was packed, and it was one of the best gigs I saw in my six years up in the Northeast. It was a phenomenal gig, and I think he's happier. I'm just my opinion. I think he's happier playing in that thousand seater club to real fans of him not just kind of rock fans, but they're fans of him. And I applaud him for it. So my 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 take, and I think your take too, Matt, I think he's underrated. But there's a caveat yeah. in there. I don't think he, he wants to be in the in the mm. greatest of all time. I don't think that, that bothers him because it's his no, record shows that. Yeah, you're right. I don't think he was driven by that. He wasn't driven by nope. the fame. He, like you said, he wanted he, – I think he just probably from – I mean, he's always obviously accused, you know, 
the guys from Scorpions stealing his stuff, his brother and everything. Yeah, and his, his um, brother, yeah. His... Yeah. So, you know, he's that guy. He seems like he's a pretty sensitive guy. So it's like he's, yeah, he's not, he he, he probably would, like you said, there's a great point you put too, you made. I mean, excuse me, that especially, you know, obviously with the Scorpions, right? I mean, once they were getting ready, once they were taken off, he was out. Same with UFO. You're right. Every time, and like you mm. said, he had opportunities. The opportunities were there for him. It just, like you said, he didn't go yeah. ahead and take it. He didn't take the Izzy gig. Uh, he'd, I think he just wanted to do his own thing. I mean, that's what it seems like. He just wanted to do his own thing. The other thing I think too, a lot of, and I, when, this is a, a discussion we'll get into a little later, um, but is, and a lot of guys do this. You know, I mean, we're seeing one guy doing it right now. We just talked about before, Kerry King is they name their bands after themselves. You yeah. Know? And, and I'm I'm just, from a marketing and branding perspective, <laughs> I think it's it's not a good thing. And like I said, I don't want to get too deep in this. We'll, we'll, we'll actually, we're, we're going to come around to that as our, of our you know, our next uh, main, yeah. you know, one of our main segments here this week. So I'll, I'll stop right there and we'll pick up um, a little bit later. But yes, underrated, I think, 100%. I think anyone would, would agree yeah. with that. I, I really think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's the same thing. Um, but yeah, okay. So um, yes, well, there's other, some other great news, obviously this week too. Or obviously this one came out a couple weeks. This news, uh, the band Riot, you know, the old mm. uh, metal band from New York. Sure. Uh, they got a four part documentary that just came out. Um, you know, Riot's just one of those, just a very interesting band. Obviously, most of the original members are deceased and have been for at least a decade mm-hmm. plus. Um, just a band that just happened that every time they got some members in it, one or two of them had health problems gone. But I mean, there's been so many changing parts in that band for, I mean, all this time now, of course they still are, I guess, kind of together. They call themselves right five. I guess it's like the fifth version of the band. Mm -hmm. That's why they call it that. Uh, they they just put out a great record. I don't know if you have you heard that new record at all. It's oh, really I'm actually I'm I'm looking to pull it up right now on my on my. I they're, they're, I think they released okay. two songs, if I'm not mistaken, and they're two tremendous tracks, tremendous yeah. songs, the, really the, good. The re- yeah, it's really good. I've heard the record yeah, they, too. Um, that is right there. I know it's hard to see, but that's the new one yeah. right there. So yeah, uh, just yeah, two tracks. Uh, Feel the fire on high noon. Sorry, my lights just fucked up tonight, so it is no, what it is. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, two good songs. I urge anybody to to check that out because they're a band that have they're, they're, they've got the notoriety and you know we talk about in podcasts. But I think your average metal fan doesn't know about them or no. maybe know Source and Tequila, and that's about it. Whatever, because it's a catchy song. But um, mm-hmm. they're a great band, and you know I'm looking forward to checking out that um, that four part series. Yeah, you know, and, and normally bands that go through all these different, you know, uh, you know, this is it's the fifth version. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually kind of like, oh, come on, give it a rest. But you know what? These guys have, have done a good job. I Music mean, is keeping, good. Music is yeah. good. Mm-hmm. And if it's good, and you know, as we've said, you don't want to, yeah, you could change your band name, but no one's going to know who you are. So, you know, that's part of the whole marketing and branding thing too as well. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. So, anyway, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing that documentary. It, was just, it just came out in the theaters in New York. So, I, I hopefully it'll be up somewhere where we can check it out soon. I'm definitely interested in seeing that. Uh, because that's a very interesting band, and just you know how that band, that band's been able to survive, or you know, yeah, because I wouldn't say they've ever thrived. Like you said, they've always no, been really never. underground. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I mean, they've always been really underground. Um, so yeah, but you know, and I, and I guess I see. I wasn't really in the early '80s. I was, you know, I was still about seven, eight years old, so I, I didn't know them yet. But 
I guess they were really getting a lot of support, and then once Quiet Riot got big, that's when it all dwindled. Yeah, I agree. Is, yeah, it's from, is, you know, I think with Metal Health, and then, of course, it, you know, just like a lot of those bands in the early 80s, they just, once the hair stuff and all the glam stuff in L.A. took mm-hmm. over, that was it for them. So, anyway, yeah, Riot's got a documentary. And then the other news, uh, Pat O'Brien. Okay, Pat O'Brien, mm-hmm. remember, you remember him? An yep. interesting name we haven't heard in uh, you know in a while from Pat O'Brien. Obviously, he was the old guitarist from Cannibal Corpse. Is now a full time member uh, in X Order. So I mean, it's good to see. I mean, you remember that whole thing with Pat O'Brien? With yep. uh, I, yeah, he had some sort of I guess meltdown. Right, he broke into some houses. To me, it sounded like it was just a bad. He was, I- wasn't Drug he prison too? If I'm not he was like he did some time or something. I think that's. I hope I'm not wrong in yeah. saying that, but I'm pretty sure he did do some time. But yeah, he went yeah. through some shit. There's no question about that. But yeah. um, I know we we're going to talk about that. But that new X Order song is that rocks, man. That was really good. That's fucking good, man. I, I really it's think really X Order is probably there. I mean, I hope they get the notoriety that they've deserved for a long time. Mm. If you go back and listen to those first two records they have, they're, they're f- great, you know, and it's amazing. They're one of those bands that you want to talk about stopping prematurely. I mean, they boom. Yeah. I mean, X order, they put out a great album a couple of years ago uh, when they had their comeback album, they hadn't put out an album in like what 30 years. And now they mm. got a new one two years later. And yeah, this song year of the goat, man, that song is killer. And that's actually going to be my track of the week, by the way. Uh, Exhorter, um, Year of the Goat. I mean, like you said, that song just, I mean, it's, it's to me, as a perfect blend. I, what I love about that band is they got a perfect blend of thrash and uh, groove metal. It's just, it's mm. like a perfect blend of the two of them. Kind of like a Pantera in that regard, you know? Yeah, really I would agree. Because yeah. when you, when you said it to me about, I, I came out like two weeks ago and I just, I, I think I checked it out two nights ago and we were just chitching about the show or whatever. And I said, damn, how did I miss this? So sometimes you just miss a song for whatever yeah. reason. You just don't check Blabbermouth for a day or two and it just skips by and it says, so anybody listening, watching, it's, and when you look at that album, first of all, you think it's like some crazy death metal shit. It's absolutely nothing like no. that. It's just a, it's just a groovy, punchy, aggressive song, tight as fuck. Um, really, really good. So great pick this week. Yeah. Well, also, one of the things, too, you know, I mean, I know you, you said Blabbermouth, but, you know, it's not, uh, Blabbermouth is not the be-all, end-all, right, <laughs> of, mm-hmm. of no, news. No, no. You've got some great other sites, Brave Words, and so forth, uh, that I I try to, you know, I'll, 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 of course, I'll check Blabbermouth. I mean, it's, it's as they say, it's sort of the, you know, it's you brand, know C- CNN or the Fox or whatever of, of, yeah, of, brand, yeah. of metal music, you know, but because uh, they get a lot of politics in there, but... You know, that's what I like about going to Brave Words. I mean, I, I prefer Brave Words because they usually have the same stories uh, without all the politics, which is... Yeah, and I don't like, and I don't like uh, Blabbermouth. You know, obviously, we I, I jump on it a couple of times a day, see what's going sure. on. It's a great resource, but I'll jump on to Metal Injection. I do Not Fest. I do um, Sleaze Rocks for some of the some of the 80s kind of... And they're good, too. So I just try to get a feed from different genres, too. Sure. Blabbermouth is is good, but it doesn't pick up everything. And they, they stop at the bullshit politics. They said some musicians said that Trump is this, or some guy I said know, this man. or that, or some guy said Biden is that. This is like it's a music site. I don't care what some obscure guy has. I don't care what his political views are. First of all, and I don't need to hear them, irrespective of what they are. I couldn't care less. Just Blabbermouth just likes to clickbait and just kind of shovel it down your throat a little bit. So they need to stop at that bullshit. Yeah, they do. Uh, you know, Mel Injection just as bad, if not worse. I would agree. I mean, 
because they they have these they they put their opinion. I mean, they all put opinion opinions in there, and and they you see which which where they lean, and it's like look. Just get just. I mean, I don't want to get into all this. We, we, I mean, an aftershock yeah. she had the tremors. This is not the so show long. for that. No, we don't care. so you know, the bottom line is, yeah, I just, you know, the, the blabber mouth, like I said, yeah, you have to kind of check it out because it does, it does, you know, get some of the uh, stories out there first. But, mm. um, there are definitely other sites uh, other than them and Mill Injection, yep. like you said, yep. like you know, that, that are much better in my opinion. But anyway, all right, so yeah, so my track of the week is Year of the Goat Exorder. What do you got this week, Tom? Okay, I'm going to go with, yeah, so caveat here is we're not, like the track of the week does not have to be a new, new. track because no. if it's going to be new, you're going to have one track per week and then it's after being six come out that week, so you miss five. So you can't catch everybody. It's, it's so much music. So like we, our shows are once a week and the amount of news that happens in the previous week is unbelievable. It just all builds up and that's what we can easily fill 90 minutes, two hours talking about whatever. But mm. my track of the week this week is Rush. Um, Red Sector A. Wow, you're uh, going back. Race, uh, yeah. Going back, Race Under Pressure, uh, 1984. Mm-hmm. I hope my stats are correct. Somebody can fact check me on that, but this is off the top of my head. But the reason I picked that is I, I, I'll, when I'm listening to a band, so Russia is an example, um, I'll just go, I listen to nothing but Rush for an entire week or 10 days. Same with MSG the last couple of weeks. That's why that came into my head. But that that song for me is a tremendous, because they were they were leaning, they went from all the 70s prog stuff right up to moving pictures. Then subdivisions came out. So this was 81. Mm-hmm. The keyboards were creeping in. And then they, they went full on, I think at 83, 84. Maybe our timeline is off. But they went straight keyboards. Like they said to Alex and hey, Alex, you could take about nine years off. You're good. You know, you can come on tour, but we don't need you for the studios. And they came back for counterparts, and boom, they came back. But it's very keyboard heavy. It's very police-ish. Yes, um, it's incredibly musicianship is off the charts as you can imagine. But Red Sector A by the good old band Rush from Canada is my track of the week. So what a what a variation this week, Matt. We went from Exorder <laughs> to Rush, you know, twenty twenty four to nineteen eighty four. Like we're spanning you know forty years here. Yeah, no, and you, you know what? You nailed it, man. I was thinking the same. I was, you know, I was checking out the video last night um, when you told me this is what you want to play, and I was, you know, mm-hmm. I have to get, I have to prep it for the show and everything. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm listening to it live, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, what? I'm like, it's very police, very police. Indie summers, like, is, yeah. The guitar wise, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, you know, like I said, but that was an interesting, you know, time, uh, you know, for. For all these bands from the seventies, right? Because it came the eighties, it came the synthesizers, and it was like, okay. I mean, like you said, I think I think some bands did it. You know, I think bands like Van Halen and Rush did a good job at it because mm-hmm. they didn't know. Or, I mean, Van Halen didn't overdo it. You know, he did it just enough. Uh, Eddie Van Halen, he didn't overdo it. Rush went a little heavy with it too, but same thing. They they at least still, still kept the progressive angle to it they maybe didn't weren't as heavy but they were more just you know radio friendly obviously rock yep. but you know hey that was once again i mean that was a, a tough when you're an aging uh band you know member you know a musician excuse me from the 70s going into this whole different decade where it's completely like uh, mm. you know 180 from what you're used to i mean you saw those bands heart and like i said before white snake i mean they had to you had to adapt you had to dress up in the, in the outfits okay. and and suck it up, you know, if you want to last. And, uh, you know, some bands didn't. I give credit for the ones that didn't do it. 
you know, but you never know until you're in that position what you would and wouldn't do. And if it's sure. in your contract, you already, you know, you might have had to do it. So well, if it's you, in your contract you know, and in some, and if you're you fucked. buy, yeah, uh, yeah, and you're fucked if you're in the contract and uh, uh, like it's, or conversely, if you're, if you have management saying, hey, if you look like this, wear that and write this type of song and get Ron Nevis to produce it, you're going to make a million dollars. You go, okay, I would. Exactly. <laughs> so, of course. Of that's course. what happened. It's a job. It's a business. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, all right. So, let's go ahead. We're going to start things off here with Egg Sorter, Year of the Goat, right here on Aftershocks TV. Check it out. 